now listening to the Sons of Swanee Sportscast. Somebody say oh my and give them dog six. on with it this week another episode of the sons of swanee sports cast hunter abercrombie i guess i would know my own name hunter abercrombie along the way with tj vickers vic what up dog has it been one of those weeks for you where you you don't even know your own name or is, that was just a yeah little... yeah it's, it's kind of like that it's kind of like that but can't complain got some big plans coming up this weekend getting ready for spring break so you know going to parts unknown stay out of sight out of mind so i can't say where but well, you know, and in the digital age, you don't want to give away where you're going. Somebody might try to rob your house. You never know. So, got to be careful. But you did just at least acknowledge the fact that you were leaving. I don't know. Maybe I'm going right outside. Maybe going to put up a tent in the backyard. Maybe this is all a, a ploy. A to, ruse. To throw, throw off some would-be robbers. Well, if, if you want to rob my house, I will be at the Spring Carnival. Oh. Every single night. Oh, gosh. That sounds like a terrible time. But good luck with it. Oh, I'm getting paid. It's a great Hey, everybody time. go out and support. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, that's all good, then. That's all good. <laughs> It is all good. Speaking of all good, some good results this week for Swanee. But before we get to that, uh, this week's episode of the Sons of Swanee Sportscast, brought to you by Celebrations of Live Oak. Thank you, Hillary and all the gang at Celebrations, once again, for sponsoring the Sons of Swanee. TJ, tell the folks where they can find us. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, at Sons of Swanee. Just search Sons of Swanee anywhere you get your podcast information, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, let us know if there's anything you want to hear from us, any interviews you would like to have us conduct, and we will try to get that done for you all. So, TJ, something I noticed this week, and, and I think, you know, obviously we've discussed at length that I have a particular disdain for the University of Florida. And I know all fan bases are like this, but, you know, so Florida beats Florida State the other night in Man, baseball. you're leading out with this. Okay. Boy, I, like I tell you, those Gator fans get real chatty when things go their way. I didn't see anybody posting on Facebook when Florida State dropped the 10 to 2 W a couple or a month or so ago. I didn't see any Florida fans coming out of the woodwork, but this week, boy, we win 3 to 2. Oh boy. Right, right. Good times in so, Gator Nation. So it was okay for Florida State fans to come at Florida fans when Oklahoma dropped a dime on us whenever we were playing in the in the bowl game this year for football. Yes. I, I heard a bunch of people talking yes. then where 100%. it was like, oh, you don't want that smoke still. We didn't lose our bowl game. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it, it comes full circle. It's funny how, you know, things work out. At least they were chirping for their own team when, you know, yeah. Florida State had to rely on others to get the work well, done for them I'm gonna this year say, in football. I'm going to say this. That's just how it works, Hunter. You know this. Congratulations to Mr. Cali Lyle for his walk-off homer. But if you're going to rip the shirt off or get it ripped off, man, you need to hit a few more push-ups. Yeah, I mean, mm. he's a first baseman. I don't know. I mean, let me just go ahead and say this. I know I'm in front of a, a baseball player, so I'm going to need to be careful what I say, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Baseball players aren't overly athletic. A lot of them aren't. <laughs> That's a lot of them true. aren't. Very true. Case yeah. in point. <laughs> Case in point. Got to have the hand eye, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah, non, yeah. Non yeah, I mean, especially at first base. Anyway, Florida social media is about as good as MLB replay. Let's just say that. There. Boom. Got it out of the way. So in the world of Swanee Bulldog news, what do we have this week, TJ? Well, we have some great track and field news. Boys and girls both are district champions. 
Yes. And uh, I talked to Coach Yerick about it, and she cannot remember, and maybe you do with, with your superior knowledge of mm -hmm. Swanee sports. Has there ever been a time where boys and girls won at the exact same time? I think so, but I'd have to, I mean, again, I'd have you to go, go back. deep into the record book, huh? Well, yeah, I don't remember. You know, I know we went on a run in the early part of the 2010s, um, and I'd have to look and see if boys and girls won. I know the boys won like two or three in a row. And so I'd have to go back and look. But, yeah, I mean, a good accomplishment for them. We'll, we'll run down it real quick, and, and I'm going to go ahead and take the girls' names for you, TJ, because we know that sometimes – What a champion. What a know, champion. Tends to flummox. But now you just, you just messed up your own last name. Are you <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, anyway, so the girls came out on top. They scored 218 points. Um, I, I believe Florida High maybe finished second. Yeah, Florida was High a, was second. A distant yeah. second. Yeah, it was a distant second. And yeah. so, for the girls, first place finishers, so district champs, were Maddie McMillan in the pole vault, Kayleana Cuffey in the shot put, uh, Darrenia Martin. She won both the 100-meter hurdles and the triple jump. Montasia Jones in high jump, Hylia Walker in long jump. So, we dominated those field events, really, really sure. dominated them. And then also our 4x100 relay team and our 4x4 relay team were both uh, district champions. So good job there. Had 13 girls overall qualify for regionals, which the more people you put into regionals, the more points you potentially Absolutely. get, the better you're finished. So great job to Coach Kevin Lewis, Coach Yarrick, Coach Bullock, and all the staff. Yeah, Hunter, so switching over to the boys' side. The boys, like we said earlier, they finished in first place with 197 points. Oh, excuse me, is that right? Yep, yeah, 197 yeah. points. I'm sorry, looking at my own notes, got a little confused. Uh, first place finishes, the 4 by 8 relay team, Morgan Mobley, Samuel Lord, Brandon Pratt, Jesse Cushman. 1,600 meter, we took first place with Jesse, second place with Morgan, and third place with Paul Gunter. So... Clean sweep on the podium. Very nice. First one on the 1600 meter. Javelin was first place with Will, Will Wainwright. And high jump, Austin Smith took first place. She also mentioned that there was just so many top three finishers that it was just going to be a lot to mention. But in total, they are taking 15 boys to regionals. So, again, another strong number. Girls qualified 13, boys qualified 15. And regionals are May 1st in Panama City at Bay High School. So, good luck to all of them. And when you said high jump, it reminded me of something that happened to me this week, which is crazy. So, you know, as We've, we've had a lot of good high jumpers, and I think I told a story a while back about going out to a track meet and Kavarius was out there, so on and yeah, so forth. Yeah. And so this week, earlier this week, uh, me and three of my colleagues here at the middle school went on a school visit to a middle school in Altamont Springs. And so we're down there, and Tuesday morning we're pulling out of our hotel. We're going to go to this school. And I mean, this is a busy area. Like, I mean, we're talking about Orlando, man. There's people everywhere. And so we turn right onto the road, and there's a car coming from the other side of the, of the red light turning beside us and it pulls up next to us and beeps the horn and I look over because we're in a river oak van hey thank you river oak go go yeah. go vickers crew pulls up next to us beeps the horn and it's logan boss i mean like, it's like think about the timing for that to happen so shout out boss good job down there living in altamont springs working down there but it was just like crazy like of all the places you're in orlando florida and the world always comes back to Live Oak, baby. You Circles know, back around. We always say the River Oak Nation is everywhere. That's right. <laughs> Just one red light on Orlando. For it sure. definitely rains true. Yeah, so it was crazy. But, yeah, good luck to both the boys and the girls at, uh, at regionals. And you said that's coming up when? Yep, May 1st in oh, so Panama little, City. Got a little Bay time. High School. Yep. Got a little time. So whenever we get that far down the road, we will be sure to reach back out to Coach Eric and get some results for the boys and girls going on to regionals. Switching over to softball. 
We are on a three-game win streak. Man, I tell you what, hey, that's what I'm talking about, girls. That's and, what I'm talking about. And let's go ahead and just mention this too: three wins in a row, two of which are from Columbia High School. And never a bad time to beat those guys. Man, I, I feel like we could say that all day, and it would be okay. No, I just looked at the scores though, man, and we've just been offensively just all dumb, of a sudden yeah, turning so, it on. Yeah, so let's just go ahead and run down the scores real quick. Like we said, three-game win streak since we've last spoke. 13-3 victory over Madison on Thursday, April 8th. 12-2 victory over Columbia on Monday, April 12th, and then went on the road the very next day at Columbia and won 17-2 that Tuesday, April the 13th. Yeah, so that one was close for a while, but, you know, we had said earlier in the year that, hey, when we get Rachel Smith back and she gets back in the circle, you know, let's see what happens, so on and so forth. And so with Rachel being back, that's obviously been really big for us. And so now that she's back in the circle, we're starting to find our footing a little bit, obviously, offensively. Now, granted, you know, Columbia, I think their pitcher was hurt or whatever, but it's still Columbia. I mean, you're talking about a school with close to 2,000 kids. I would a lot more they, options than us. I think they maybe have more than one. And so, yeah, so, I mean, two huge wins for the Lady Dogs, a three-game winning streak. So now in the last three games, you've won more than you did the entire year before. And so if you're going to get hot, now's the time to do it here at the end of the year, heading into playoff time. And so congratulations to Coach Roberts and all the girls. Um, looked like they were getting contributions from all over uh, the game that I kind of was able to follow the big win over there at Columbia. And so congrats to them, and hopefully they can keep it rolling. Yeah, and if, and if you look at the numbers here recently, uh, I think we put up 14 hits versus Columbia, or I'm excuse me, versus Madison, eight hits in the home game versus Columbia, and 22 hits on the road game versus Columbia. But if you go back and even go inning by inning, we score seven runs versus Madison in the sixth inning. Yep. You go to the sixth inning versus the first game versus Columbia, another seven spot in the sixth inning, and then in the the – 17 to 2 game on the road in the sixth inning you put up four runs and then put up seven in the seventh inning so they're coming on as of late and i, yeah. I feel like the, the longer that you see at bats it just seems like they're getting better you know they talk about that third time through the lineup more times than not is the time that something really is going to make a change yeah. for for a, where it starts swinging into the hitter's favor and it certainly seems like it's worked out well for us. We're making good adjustments, it seems like. I mean, we're getting runs early in the game, too, don't get me wrong, but we're coming on strong at the end. Well, we talked about how young we are, you know. I mean, and we, we've got the four seniors, and, you know, they're doing a good job. But when I looked, I, I looked up the stats um, last evening and saw that, you know, a lot of our young, younger players are those big contributors. So, you know, I mean, yeah, you've got Carson Fryer hitting up in the 350s, but then you look and you've got Emory Byers and Zoe Hatch and a lot of yeah. um, Rachel and Kara Smith, and Kara Smith especially. You know, she's now – or, uh, yeah, Kara Smith's now at four home runs since she's been back. And so you're getting a lot of contributions from all over, which bodes well for the future because we still have those underclassmen who are getting their feet wet. Now we're starting to win a little bit, starting to gain a little confidence. So who knows? You know, maybe not this year, but going into next year, I think you're starting to build some things and build that um, consistency that maybe you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned it. Uh, Federico had a couple RBIs as a freshman versus Madison, and you just see just production all the way around the lineup versus both games versus Columbia. So I think it, it really bodes well for the future, and they seem, like you said, if you're going to hit your stride somewhere, go ahead and hit it more towards the end of the year yeah. and just see what happens. So to close out their season, they have Gainesville High School tonight, Thursday, April 15th. They also have one more home – or actually, excuse me, all three of the games remaining are at home. Sweet. Lafayette Monday, April 19th, and then Bell Tuesday, April 20th during our spring break. A little spring break, uh, little spring break action if you 
out and about in live oak. That's good. And as I just said, I am not going anywhere, so I could probably you make it You will make it. it out there. That's yeah. what I'm talking yeah. about, baby. So Man of the people. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what we can do. Good deal. Over to baseball. We've took two of three here since we last spoke. 8-1 at Stanton on Thursday, April 8th. 7-4 victory over Baker Friday, April 9th. However, most recently we lost 3-1 versus Episcopal this Tuesday, April 13th. Yeah, I think we ran up a against a pretty good arm against Episcopal, um, which we knew they were good coming in. You know, I think they were something like 13-3 and three or 14-3. Yeah. And, yeah. and so we knew that was going to be a challenge. Look, we took care of business, did what we had to do um, against Stanton and against Baker. I was able to be there for the Baker game, and I was really excited to go to the Baker game because it was my first chance to see Matthew Gill pitch this year. And, you know, as a as probably mentioned, you know, Gilly being a soft lefty, that's a man after that's my own boy. heart. So, yeah. So I went out, and um, it was a really discombobulated game against Baker. Neither team played especially well. There was some rain. There was some some of this, some of that. And so, you know, we battled, got got the win. And like we've always said, a uh, ugly win's better better than a pretty loss. And so, you know, we took care of business. Now it still remains to be seen against seen against that upper echelon team. You know, can we get the win against them? Because yeah, we did it against Lincoln. But those other teams that we faced that, you know, I think we would put in our stratosphere, th those are the teams that we're going to have to beat. So the yep. Clays, the Childs, uh, the Santa Fe's apparently, which, you know, didn't see that coming, but they're obviously yep, really we good. Are. <laughs> um, against all those teams, that's who we have to take that step forward against and be able to beat to make it into the playoffs. I mean, we've just – unfortunately, the draw this year is not easy, and we're going to have to win a game against one of those teams to make it into the playoffs, and that's coming up. So you look at it in our upcoming schedule, you know, it looks like it's three gettable games or four gettable games. Um, I know we go to Lincoln this Saturday, and that's going to be the toughest of the four, I think. But So you get those games, and you're looking at a 20-win season. You're going into the playoffs 20-5, and five, mm -hmm. you know, with a chance to go home. And that's and tough to swallow. Three seed. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's tough to swallow. Yeah. And so, um, hey, man, the Braves actually mounting a little rally. I don't want to say it. Knock on wood. God bless. What a struggle that has been. Good God. Tim Riley, we won't spend too much time there because mercy. It's been awful. Anyway. Um, let's get let's get a little bit more back on track. Yes, One thing sorry. that I noticed about the Baker, just looking at the box score and something that made me happy to see, we talk about how Swanee, it's almost like the opposite of what we just talked about with Columbia and on our girls' softball team, where they came on so strong as of late in those later innings that that's really where you saw the, the run differential mm -hmm. really start swinging in our favor. Baseball has almost been the exact opposite. They start off strong, and then we've mentioned it a couple times here on the podcast, they, they got to get those final few outs. They got to yeah. throw some zeros up where then you come out with the victory. So if you look at the score, uh, the box score versus Baker County, get five runs in the second inning, yep. and then you kind of let Baker kind of start working their way back into it. And going into the bottom of the fifth inning after Baker put up a run, it's five to four. Yeah. And you get a two spot in the bottom half of the fifth inning. So you go up seven four, and then that sixth and seventh inning, zero and zero. Yeah. So, so we have mentioned it a yep. couple times, like I just said. Hey, who's going to be that guy that can get those last final few outs? At least just one game, but it is a big game nonetheless versus Baker, of course. You got those final six outs the way that you needed to. Yeah, and so when I said it was a discombobulated game, so Baker, I, I don't want to sound – we should have won the game, I felt like, by a lot. We should have distanced ourselves. Um, said Matthew Gill pitched, and Gilly, I would think Gilly would tell you he didn't have his best stuff. He got behind a lot. He walked a couple leadoff batters. And I think Gilly's pace needs to be better. And what I mean by that is we, we have too much time between pitches. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm a fan, and I've always been a proponent of let's get it and go, let's get it and yeah. go, because that keeps your defense on their toes. It yeah. creates a little bit of uh, uncomfortable feeling for the batter. You know, they feel like they can't get their bearings. 
And so I would have loved to see a little bit more of that going forward from him. Um, in the bottom of the second, you know, we, we bunted three times in a row and twice Baker forgot to cover first base. And so obviously that helped us out a lot and we swung it decent that inning. But like you said, we then allowed them back in the game because we start off the fourth inning with three straight errors. And so just some things that can't happen if you're going to be that upper, upper echelon team happen. But we were able to battle back. Um, you mentioned the back end. Peyton Waters came in, did a really good job. I really like Peyton's mentality. You know, I mean, he comes in and he attacks. And so if he's going to do that and he's throwing strikes, then, then he's a viable option back there. There's no doubt. And he was able to do that against Baker. I mean, he just came in and he filled it up. Uh, Gilly, like I said, battled. His last two innings were probably his best two innings, the fifth and the sixth. Showed a little moxie. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a good win. Should we have probably scored a little bit more and thrown a little bit better, I think that the coaching staff and the pitchers would probably tell you, yeah, yeah absolutely. But we got it done. And so at the end of the day, that's all that matters. I was not able to make it out against Episcopal. Uh, from what I understand, we had our chances in that game and lost 3-1. to one. So we obviously didn't swing it great, but you run up against a good arm, you know, it's going to be a low-scoring game. So we've got to be able to battle, battle through that and win some of those games and find a way to manufacture some runs sometimes. And I do think this 20 ball club is capable of winning games a lot of different ways. You know, we are able to win the high-scoring game. We're able to – I mean, we talked about earlier, we got over 100 stolen bases. So, I mean, we could put pressure yeah. on the base path and win a small ball game if we need to and manufacture a run. We just need to make sure that all those components come together. We need that good pitching. We need good, solid base running and just timely at-bats. And I think as Florida State and Florida baseball fans right now, unfortunately that's something that we're not that used yeah, to because God. there's just way too many strikeouts. Just put the ball in play and see what happens, but that's especially just with the, a team like again, this. That's that just you're the good brand to go. of baseball now, and it sucks. It but, yeah. yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I just put the ball in play and just make them make plays. You know, I mean, that's a huge part of it. And that's what's going to be a key against, again, we're coming up. We've got two weeks left in the regular season, this week and next week, actually. The rest of this week so a week and a half. And yeah. then you're going to probably – I haven't seen the rankings, if they've come out again or anything like that. But as of last time, you were going to be going on a road trip to Clay to take on a really, really good team. Yep. And so if that's the case, you're going to have to bring your A game. And, you know, then it's who starts that game. I don't – God, friggin' Marcelo Zuna. Good gosh almighty. Anyway. Who starts that game? You know, I mean, is it is it Corbin right now because Corbin's kind of the hot hand? Do you go with Fernald, who the stuff probably plays up and he has the strikeout stuff, or do you go with the lefty and Gilly? You know, and so you've got some options because I don't think anybody has separated themselves to say, hey, I'm the guy. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And so it'll be interesting to see what Coach Bruce and the crew do here down the stretch. And we played Clay earlier this year. It was a home game. It didn't quite go out in our favor, but this was one of those games where we talk about, hey, you get those last few outs, you come away with the win. Yeah. And so I think that'll be a, a little bit of motivation for our boys to potentially have to go on the road and know, hey, we should have beat this team in our place. Let's go on the road and do what they did to us. Well, and I'm, I'm sure – so we'll probably, you know, take next week off being spring break and everything. But when we come back, that'll probably be the week of districts. And so we'll have hopefully have a little more time to talk about it. But, you know, Gilly started against them last time. And so I think it's going to be a situation, though, where if you're Coach Bruce, when you get into that playoff time, you're going to have to have a pretty quick hook um, mm -hmm. because you know you've got viable arms down there. And so you're going to have to, you know, if somebody starts getting in trouble, so on and so forth, then you're really going to have to, I don't know, maybe more so than, than you normally would, not allow them to battle through as much yeah. and, hey, let's, go, go, let's go get the yeah. next guy. Yeah, exactly. And so I think you'll definitely see that if, if it ends up being against Clay and it ends up being on the road. 
So to wrap up the rest of this schedule, we do have Lincoln on the road this Saturday, like you mentioned, Hunter, and then the last three ball games we have coming up are Lafayette on Monday, April 19th, at South Walton, Wednesday, April 21st, and at Arnold Thursday, April 22nd. I think that's something that Coach Bruce, ever since he's – and it, maybe it's not fair to just say Coach Bruce, but it's, I remember the first time that he got here, this definitely became a thing where our boys, they travel during yeah. south, uh, spring break and they, they go down south, oh, yeah. they go out west, they go somewhere and face some, some top-notch competition. Well, that that's true. I mean, you know, the spring break tournament's always one of the highlights of the year. Whatever you go do, it, it is, isn't always a tournament, obviously. We're just playing a, a few games this time. But one other thing I noticed today was, you know, we're 7-4 and four at home. We're 9-1 and one on the road. And yeah. so we've played well on the road. And so, hey, maybe that bodes well, and hopefully that gives us confidence to go on the road. Yeah, because it seems like in one way or another we're going to have to win a couple road games. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to eventually. And so, yeah, it's good. But, I mean – the friendly confines, you know, you'd love to be at Booster Field, but honestly, we've played better on the road away from home, and so, hey, let's go on the road. Now, I, I probably should know this, but I don't, so I'm going to go in and ask you, who is hosting districts? Do we know that yet? Has that been revealed? Well, so I think the way it works is it's the higher seed, and so I don't know that, you're, that you have one team hosting districts as you normally would. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's a situation so where – So either way, we're going to be on the road. Right, and so it is um, – you know, if Clay is the two seed, mm -hmm. then we'll go to Clay – then you have Baker and Ridgeview, so the higher of those two seeds in the four and five would play. Then the winner of that would go to Santa Fe. Gotcha. Okay. And then, so I'm guessing if, if Santa Fe were to win and say we were to win, then we'd go to Santa Fe for the district final. But, again, I, I don't know that. That's speculation, but I think that's the plan. I don't know that there's the one district host site like there normally would be. Yeah, that's why I was wondering if there was just one district host site or it was just higher seed host. Right. So the last thing we need to talk about for Swanee Sports is our flag football team. Unfortunately, they ended the year on a little bit of a rough patch coming down the stretch. They lost their final four home games. Uh, Max Preps is not showing a final score for Baker. Do you have that score? I don't know what the final score was. I know we lost in overtime. I unfortunately saw the highlight on Coach Brock Canada's Facebook page and wanted to throw my phone through a window. But I know we lost in overtime last night. So Coach Huffy and his crew coming down the stretch uh, hit a little bit of a rough patch, but like we said, this is a young program, uh, young energetic team nonetheless too. They had a nice senior night from what I saw of the different photos. Yeah, it did I think. look yeah. nice. Yeah. So that was that was nice to send their seniors out at least with that. But unfortunately, Baker County did come away with the victory and headed into next year. It's just going to be a new cr crop of girls that are coming out, and like Coach Huffy has talked about on the podcast with us. Better exposure, just leads to more girls coming out and a better understanding of the sport the longer yep. that they get a chance to play. And I think that's just going to continue to, to bode well for this program in general. Yeah, and like we said, so Coach Hufty is going to come over after spring break and have the camp here for middle school girls, so that will get them introduced to it. And it is, and we've talked about it before, it's so different because this isn't something that you can do growing up in the rec department or anything like that. So it's kind of something once you get to high school, you kind of have to learn it. And so it is a challenge, and you're talking about a grassroots program, so I know we're usually very positive about them, and we should be, because it's a cool thing to have, and it's a good thing for these Absolutely. girls, and we're not yet at a place where we can compete for the playoffs. And so the more we continue to grow and learn, well, the better off we're going to be. You know, you mean you think about Macy Campbell's a sophomore. Well, now she's had two years of exposure. So what will she be when she's a senior, you know, within the flag football? And there's, there's a myriad of underclassmen you can say that about. And I just use her as an example because she plays quarterback and, you know, mm -hmm. gets a lot of action running the and ball that's and great, things like you know? that. And so – but how many other girls, you know, are like that? And it's just – it's a really cool culture, I think, that Coach Hufty has built within that. And um, it's something, you know, you hate to say it this way, but it's one of those sports 
where you don't have parents in the stands second guessing you and whining about yeah, everything they don't because know they don't you know they don't know any better either. So it's not like baseball or softball or football where everybody's second guessing everything you do because mm-hmm. it's like, hey man, this is this is great. And so I'm sure that's a little bit more. Hey, go Braves! Look at Dansby Swanson gonna get a walk off saying, "My God, bless America, beat the Marlins." What do you know? All right, so I, I don't have to interrupt myself anymore. We're done. And so, um, yeah, man. <laughs> Long story short, we love flag football. Go flag football. We love you, Coach Huff. And Braves. That's right. <laughs> Walk-off Braves. Well, that was a nice little segue, speaking of walk-offs. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. You, you, you had fun at my expense with the 10-2 yeah. t- victory. You asked me, very coy of you, going into that episode. <laughs> hey, man, you watch anything on uh, television? Yeah, that's right. No, have you? no, yeah, no. Have you seen anything? No. Uh, so, did, did you watch the game? Were you able to watch it? I did. It was watch. on a way superior yeah. SEC, SEC network compared well. to ACC network God plus bless. on Nickelodeon. Listen, if you're, if you're looking for me to stand up for the ACC, you've come to the wrong place because I'm not that guy. Um, we know you guys love the SEC, though. God bless America. No, you, 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 Have you gotten to hold Bama's championship no, trophy pull, yet? You Have y'all gotten y'all's turn? receipts on me, man. I'm not like that. <laughs> if it ain't orange or blue, it's probably then, in then Knoxville right now. You know, they're probably getting their week with it. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the off-season champions every just year, so might, might as well. Just matters more. But anyway, yeah, man, I mean, dude, Florida State's in a little bit of a struggle bus right now. I mean, we were looking good there for a while. We'd really started to swing the bats. Um, now we've kind of diverted back. You know, I think we've lost four out of five. We lost a midweek game to JU like we talked about. We lose two out of three to Louisville, a decent Louisville team, not over the top great. And then we lose last night. So now you've lost four out of five. You're sitting at like 16 and 12. And so you've got some good wins on your resume. But now that Miami sweep's not as good because they just got swept by Pitt, who also swept you. God bless yeah. them. Yeah. Go Coach McGahee and the Panthers. Um but, yeah, man, I mean, it's just been a struggle for FSU all year, all year offensively. Outside of Robbie Martin and uh, Matthew Nelson, it's just been it's been a struggle. Tyler Martin's kind of cooled off. I still like him at the top of the order. Yeah. He gets on base nonstop. Yeah. But um, just as far as batting average base hit-wise here lately, he's started to slow down. And you're just not getting anything from the bottom of your order, man. It's just, you know, you get down there from six through six through nine, and it's just, ugh, you know, nothing pretty happening. And so they've got to figure it out. Because you're getting – I mean, you're at the midway point of the season now. And so, you know, and I know people aren't especially high on Florida, but you see the potential there with them. They're just offensively challenged. The pitching is going to keep them around. If I had to guess right now, Florida State's a regional team, a two or three seed. They don't make it out of the regional. Florida's probably a super regional team because of the pitching. And that gives them a chance. But, you know, (laughs) neither of them are, in my mind, elite. No. Omaha teams at this point. And it, it's crazy. As a Florida fan, you know, like you just saying that, like the pitching probably keeps you in it. Well, that's one of the things that more than anything has let you down. That's the reason why you but that's But it's relative because you look yeah. at it. So you think about this. So everybody's down on Jack Leftwich, right? I mean, he came out of the pen. Now, he threw really well Tuesday yeah. night. But they were talking about how he's been struggling. And I look and the dude's got a 3.3 ERA. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's not struggling in college baseball. I mean, no, and, at Florida, it, my point is it's all relative. Right, right. And Kyle Peterson mentioned it real quick. He said, "Yeah, you know, I was going to bring that up." Everybody's they're twenty one and eleven, and everybody's freaking out like it's some. And their best players aren't playing well. Yeah, and I mean yeah. everybody now. It's just now Fabian. I don't. I don't. He's Cabell to me. I just don't. I don't see it. But you know, again, he's going to get drafted high. Yeah. Maybe and, he figures it out. I, I just mean, don't out, see outside it. of one play versus Tennessee last weekend, I mean, he's been. 
defensively like super solid. Oh yeah, so I mean I, he, so I he's think a great that, plus that defender. Anything, and I think he just needs to shorten that swing up some more than anything else because he he's swinging to hit it over the fence and his natural power will carry it over the fence if, if he just, if he makes contact with it. So he's just got to shorten that swing up. But it's launch angle, man. That's what they teach. Yeah, now. That's, it's yeah, all that's it. about launch angle. It's all about doubles, home runs. And it's weird because Florida like they have a, a pretty good mix of. Just put it in play, guys, and then also yeah. we're, we're going to swing for defenses. You know, I mean, Jacob Young at the top of the order, he really is just, hey, let's put it in play, let's see what yeah. happens. And, you know, he'll dig it out and get a infield single. But just going back to the, the Florida-Florida State game, if you take out Robbie Martin and you take out Nathan Hickey for Florida, that's, that's all three of your hits. And that's two of our four hits. Yeah. And obviously one of the hits was Cali Lau's walk-off home run. So that's the overwhelming production right there. And 12 strikeouts for Florida State, 13 for Florida. I mean, that, that just doesn't bode well. And, yeah, the whole left which he's struggling thing. I think more than anything he's just a little bit more mental in, in his head. So if you guys didn't get a chance to watch the Tennessee series, we were on the road and we were winning every single game at one point in time, and then it seemed like we had a, a contract obligation to let Tennessee at least tie or take the lead the very next half inning, in the yeah. home half of the inning. And I think at one point in time, we're winning the game on Saturday. Leftwich comes in, throws eight straight balls, which just, for those of you who don't know, leads to two walks, Yeah, and a run comes in, because he came in in the middle of the inning. And I think they did, or they did do the same thing that they did versus Ole Miss. They did it versus Tennessee, where they let Alleyman start, and they let uh, just other guys kind of that were coming out of the bullpen for the majority of the year. They let them get a start. So they did do that. And the whole thing that Sully wanted to do was have Leftwich come in in a clean inning. And unfortunately, it didn't work out that way because we went to the bullpen. That guy also let us down. Where then I was like, okay, well, the only other guy that was warming up was Leftwich, so we got to go yeah. with him right now. And after eight pitches, they pull him, and he's very upset with himself. I mean, I'm not sure if you saw the video footage. He throws his glove in the dugout and kind of storms out for a second. He does come back and you know and start cheering for his team after that. So I mean, he's a good teammate and all that. But I mean, I, I can understand being frustrated with yourself at that point. Oh in time. yeah, I mean, we've all been there. And we used to have a towel in the dugout, you know, you so you could towel? go grab that towel and just yell just into, it into it as loud it? as yeah. you want. It was yeah. a great idea. You need that. Yeah. Because you got I mean, yeah, you. that's going to happen. Um, you don't like for it to be caught on television cameras, but that stuff, that stuff's going to happen. And God bless, I wish he would have come in and thrown eight straight balls last night because that surely didn't happen because no. my man carved. Yeah, he was, he was on point. I mean, he was fired up a little bit. I think you saw in the ninth inning, he's kind of hopping around the mound after he got a strikeout. And yeah. you just hadn't seen that kind of emotion from him in a couple years. And he was a guy that he came in the same year as Tommy Mace. It's fair to say, you know, it's more like 1A and 1B yeah, compared yeah, yeah. to 1-2, but you're, you are 1B. You yeah. know you're you're never going to be that Friday starter because even whenever it's your upperclassmen's turn to start doing the Friday and Saturday pitching, you're going to be a Saturday guy because you're not going to be as good as Tommy Mace. So he's yeah. always had like maybe a little bit of that little brother well, syndrome that he's been going through, and he, he's had blisters a couple of years ago, which just, I mean, of course, a baseball pitcher, you don't want sure. blisters or anything like that, and that was a big problem for him. But I was really happy to see him come out. Also, Garrett Milchin, the starter. He was the same guy that yeah, came he out was, he was versus Florida better. State and got rocked. So I they that, that was good. Figure out the breaking ball. Yeah, he, yeah, his breaking ball was sharp. But you know, I they weren't seeing going it. to the the Louisville series for you guys and the Tennessee series for us. Man, it, it was almost like looking in a mirror because we both lose two or three. Mm-hmm. However, we could have very easily swept that series, or we could have been swept at the exact same time. It was it was just very strange. Yeah. It was almost like I would watch the Florida games and be like, man, they're just coming up with every way possible to lose the game. 
And then I'd watch a Florida State game and be like, oh, well, no, they just came up with a new way to lose yeah, the game. Yeah, I mean, Florida State had a chance to win the Sunday game. They were up in the sixth, yeah. four to two. Cabell just hit a bomb, which he does. I mean, God bless him. He'll K a lot, and he did, but he'll hit bombs. And, um, you know, you're feeling good, and then the bullpen just blows it. And that's the thing that's the separator for me. I mean, Florida State can win against anybody when Parker Messick's on the mound. And, and Connor Grady's a steady guy on Sunday. He's an older guy, a senior-type guy. Um, not overpowering, but, you know, knows how to get out. But then there's just nobody else who you just fully – when that guy comes out of the pen or that guy's on the mound that you're just like, okay, it's, it's ball game. It's just always a tight rope and you're on eggshells and you just never know. Whereas if you're Florida, you have Tommy Mace and you have Alamon who's thrown really well, who I think is going to be in the rotation. You have yeah, Christian think, Scott yeah, who's thrown really well. And then if Leftwich throws like he threw last night, then he's really good. And then Barco, I mean, has the stuff. He just hasn't thrown really well. And then you have this other myriad of guys who on any given night, which I guess you could say that about Florida State too, but you have at least four or five guys you feel really good about if you're Florida. And that to me is the difference between the two teams. Because offensively they're similar. Neither of them are great. And I do think when you get far enough down where you're talking about regional play and if you get that far to super regionals or anything further with Omaha, you're not worried about midweek starts or anything like that, obviously. You're no, just but, trying to get through. So you have the three guys right. that you really trust, then – yeah, hopefully, it's three guys. I think it, like the weekend rotation going into the year: Tommy Mace, Jack Leftwich, Hunter Barco. You thought those guys more times uh -huh. than not were gonna be good. And like you said, Hunter Barco has the stuff. He has a lot of walks this year, so it's been hard for him to even get to six innings, much right. less five innings. So that's gonna be something that needs to be cleaned up with him and really the rest of the staff. But you got Christian Scott and Alimon that have just come on really strong in the bullpen where. They're pushing to be in the weekend rotation. I do agree with you, Hunter. I think Alimon probably gets the Saturday start going into this weekend series versus Missouri with Mace and Barco staying in their Friday and Sunday spots. But going into regionals, hey, just get through the games. And whoever needs to throw, they just they just throw. So you talk about those guys there, but then Garrett Milchin, the way he pitched last night, if he can continue to stay confident and stay healthy, that's the biggest thing with him after two Tommy John surgeries and missing three full years of baseball because of it. That, that's another arm that you could potentially rely on down the stretch and just get a few outs. He's not the prototypical Florida starter that you see. He's not overly powerful. He's, he's not going to you know blow fastballs by you or anything like that. But like Florida State saw, he's got pretty good benders. And mm -hmm. he, as long as he's in that strike zone and around that area, that, that split-finger fastball that he has that just drops out of the zone, if you're around the strike zone and you're throwing a lot of strikes and then you throw that splitter in the bottom area of the strike zone, it's going to dip out, but you're going to have to swing at it because you know he's been on his stuff and you think that might be a strike. So that's another guy that you could potentially rely on, I think, coming out of the bullpen once you get that far, assuming you're able to not have a bunch of errors and have strikeouts. But yeah, Florida and Florida State are very similar in that regard. Yeah, um, well, and, and you're always one game away from your opinion changing with these guys. And I forgot to mention Carson Montgomery. His stuff plays up for Florida State. So, I mean, he's a guy, yeah. if he's throwing well. But, yeah, I mean, you, you know, if Barco goes out and carves this week, then you're feeling totally different. Yeah. Or if Milchin would have gave up five, then you're like, oh, I'll put this guy on the shelf. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're always one start away from that happening. While we were talking about that, I was looking up. So right now, so it looks like in um, for baseball is what I was looking up, that um, – Clay has taken over the top spot in the district over Santa Fe. So right now we would go to Santa Fe, which I like better, if I'm being honest with you. But, I mean, gosh dang, three of the top five teams in Class 4A are from our district. So, yeah, <laughs> makes, makes, wow. it, makes it a little bit more difficult. But I do agree with you, going on the road to go to Santa Fe instead of going on the road to go to Clay, is that's going to yes. work out in our favor. Yeah, and so to we're, go, number, to go we're over, number five overall. 
to go to Santa Fe and get a W, man, I don't care what sport you play. That was my favorite place to oh, go yeah, play. Oh, yeah, it's always good. That was my favorite place to go play and just put a hurting on them. Yeah, it's always good. It's always good. But, yeah, man, just wanted to mention that since I was looking it up and we talked about it a little bit earlier. Well, we don't have an interview this week, so it's going to be a relatively short podcast All for good. you guys. So Lead them into spring break, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And then yeah. they'll they'll be wanting for a week. Yep, so a short podcast this week, no podcast next week during spring break, and then we'll come back stronger, better than ever, and the number one rated podcast in Swanee County. I will be drinking a Mai Tai in y'all's honor while I'm wherever I am, in my tent in my backyard. Don't come over to my house. Second Amendment, baby. And on that note... Go dogs. See you, Jeff Lee.